The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to the Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your host. Any believer's life will go epic when they discover the indwelling life of Jesus Christ. Thank you for joining our podcast today as we unfold more of the truths of who you are in Christ. We need this revival now like never before. God is about to break out in ways from what I understand and what I'm being told from leaders that we come in contact with, not only in unique ways, but in a refreshing of the Holy Spirit. We went through this phase where we used the Holy Spirit like it was some kind of battery charger. People jumping on top of pews and people speaking in languages that were not even really languages of heaven. We have used the term charismatic and laughed in the spirit, barked like dogs in the spirit. And we've acted like fools before the throne of the living God and signed the Holy Spirit's name to such horrid acts of flesh. That's not what's going to happen this next time. And that's why I love this song so much that Bob Fitz put together, or sang for us, I should say, You know, Lord, we will bow down. We will bow to you, Lord, and you alone. Not to some Jesus that we have made up with our own hands. And you think about this. Now, all of our online listeners, I want you to please make use of that number this week because this is our final message of the Revival Now miniseries. Next week, we're going to be starting a brand new series called Identity Theft. It happens to be the title of uh, my next workbook that I am working on. And we're going to take all of the psychological, the spiritual, and the physical things that the enemy uses to keep us from being able to embrace our true identity in Christ been getting tons of comments and questions since the revival campaign started on what's wrong with us why can't we get this why can't we let the Lord have this revival what is stopping us from this great release it's the identity theft issue plain and simple so I really want to invite all of our listeners to try to stay with us with this next series because we're going to pick this identity theft issue apart until there's nothing left because that is what's going to block this great revival if you do not know who you are in Christ you do not know him that's the facts 602-292-2982 If you do not know who you are in Christ, you don't know Christ. He went through all of the work that he went through to die on the cross. He grabbed a hold of your old nature, your old man, your self-life, whatever it is you want to call it. And he pinned it to the cross with himself. Romans 6.6, the old self, the old man has been crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live in the flesh. 
But now I live by the faith of the Son of God who lives inside me. You do not understand that basic foundational truth. And you're running around jacking up Jesus Christ like he's some kind of superhero. You are being deceived. The only super stuff that comes out of this mortal body of mine standing up here tonight is what the Holy Spirit decides to manifest. That's it. Outside of that, I am a frail, weak vessel, and so are you. Who can be taken down by identity theft at any time, young or old? I've seen some of the oldest, wisest men who have been great preachers throughout their lifetime. Several years ago, a man who has been teaching who people are in Christ Jesus his entire adult ministry on a Thanksgiving night, after having Thanksgiving with his family, walked out into the cornfield with his shotgun, put it in his mouth, and blew his head off. Identity theft can happen at absolutely any time in your life, and it doesn't matter how powerful of a preacher, teacher, mother, father, brother, sister, friend that you have been. If we are not well guarded with truth, we will not be set free. And it's at the drop of a moment. So we never can rely upon past education of the Spirit of God. It needs to be fresh every day, every moment. It needs to be fresh. As long as there is an outpouring, there cannot be an inpouring. It's like turning on a faucet. As long as that water is coming out, you're not going to be able to stuff water back up in there, dirty water back up in there. So the key to the victorious Christian life is not knowing who you are in Christ. It's releasing who Christ is in you. And then it will go through you. Hard time understanding that at 602-292-2982. Give us a text. And we'll make sure that you get the right understanding of who you are in Christ. Inflow is not overflow. Devotionalizing Jesus is not overflow. Reading a book, going through a workbook, it's not going to do anything for you. Unless it bears witness with the Holy Spirit in you. And that igniting of truth, external bearing truth with personhood, in you is what causes the overflow. That is not the church we live in today. So yeah, I'm a little attached to this song. Always have been. We will not bow to any other God. We choose this day to worship you and you alone. Nothing that any man's hands have made, and you think that some kind of fancy mailing that you might get in the mail from some fancy ministry or preacher, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about you forming a kind of a Jesus in your mind. The other stuff should be kind of obvious to you. It's called idolatry, very close to the word in the Hebrew as adultery. Having another woman, having another Man, when you're already married, I am married to Jesus Christ, and so are you if you're indwelt by him. And playing around with other gods is not me running off to Buddha and kissing his belly. That is not, that should be obvious to every indwelt believer. I'm talking about forming some kind of emergent Jesus in your mind that seems to love everyone and forgive everyone without there being salvation. I don't serve a Jesus like that. I serve a Jesus that says, do you want salvation? Do you want to go to heaven? Do you want eternal life? Do you want to be forgiven? Do you want to be able to experience my love? See, all those are predominant messages in our social gospel today. If you don't believe me, check your Facebook tonight. 
That's the social gospel is that God loves, that God cares, God forgives, God, it's okay, God's in charge. There's all these one-liners that are literally sedating the real church. The truth is that Jesus said it is this simple. No man comes unto my Father except by me. You can't have forgiveness until you have the great exchange. Where your old man, your old nature gets crucified and you're given the life of Christ. Then you have forgiveness. You're not able to experience the love of God unless you go through Christ Jesus. And that's why people go to hell. And what's happening is the enemy is designing, developing a social gospel that doesn't give anyone this strong conviction to go through Christ. To die. Dying to live. You see what I'm saying? There's not going to be a revival now until there's a dying. To live. 602-292-2982. We have a book for you that we want to send you. It's called Revival Now. My mentor wrote it. He's actually my dad. My mentor wrote this book called Revival Now. And it's called Dying to Live. You cannot have these things unless you go through Christ. And if you're preaching these things to people and leave out that peace, you're just as guilty. I don't care if you're truly into Walt or not. To have full forgiveness, I have to have full Jesus. To have full gospel, I have to have full Jesus. To have full love, I have to have full Jesus. You see, he is those things. He has 225 names. God himself said this through Jesus' beloved. God said, I am Love. It's one of his most predominant names in the Hebrew and in the Greek. You can't have love unless you have him in you. The only other kind of love that exists outside of God is another God who acts like he loves. That's cheap love. Keep it away from me. I don't want any of it. I want a love that's sacrificial. I want a love that has a price tag. I want a love that's willing to get persecuted. I want a love that is literally able to reveal the inward life of Jesus Christ. Then I'm willing to dialogue with you. Keep your cheap grace. Keep your cheap love. I'm not interested in it. And I don't believe any indwelt believer in the world should be interested and cheap grace. Should I sin that grace may abound? Does that sound a little bit familiar? That's cheap grace. And the passage we preached on in Jude where it says those who connivingly manipulate and move their way into the church and preach a license-oriented grace. For I have them marked for condemnation. Every one of you fake grace teachers out there, listen carefully. You're going to hell. You're condemned. And unless you come through Jesus Christ and Him alone, you're not going to be able to understand what true grace is. True grace has a huge condition to it. Coming through Jesus. There is no non-believer at 602-292-2982. There is no non-believer that can show grace. Not one. And if you think that you can because you're kind, loving, or whatever other adjective you want to add to it, you're being lied to. When I love someone, I'm giving them God. God happened to put God in me through his son because his son is God. So when I receive Jesus Christ into my life, I have part of the Trinity in me. So when there's any love that's going to be going on, it's going to be him doing it through me. And without him, I have no power or ability to love. 
So if you're praying for your unsaved spouse to love you and accept you and forgive you, give it up. They have no power to love you. They have no power to forgive you. They have no power unless you want them to go through training on how to act like a fake Christian. Do you want your loved one jumping around acting like a real Christian to make you feel better? Cheap grace, folks. That is not the real deal. We cannot have any other gods before us. No other kings. Nothing but him. Don't pray external. Don't look at the ceiling when you pray. Not if you're indwelt. Watch the Christians around you. Do they look at the ceiling when they pray? Or is there something going on? Are they having a fellowship with the Holy Spirit inside their mortal bodies? I do. I don't talk to the ceiling. I don't have an external Jesus. I have one that lives in here, talks in here. I have the mind of Christ in me, 1 Corinthians. I know the life of Christ lives in me. Even though I look at this ugly, dying, daily flesh and go, how could this be? Now that's grace. We are on number 132 of the Identity Matters series. We've been going through the final revival messages under the Believer Going Epic. And this is number 23 of our epic mini-series. We encourage you to go back, if you're a new listener to our podcast, go back and check out the early epic messages. Because they're kind of epic. We pick on the kids' superheroes. We talk about that whole thing. We had four, me- four sermons that I know of just on superheroes and the deception of Pokemons and Deadpool. He's dead. Those kinds of superheroes are captivating the minds of our children. And we've been slowly moving from the basic elements of superheroes to understanding if you have the indwelling life of Jesus Christ, You have the greatest superhero of eternity living and breathing inside that frail body of yours. There is nothing he cannot accomplish through you if his father said, do it now. And the enemy wants to develop these superheroes to deceive everyone to think that a cartoon image. And that's why we're pushing this Jack the Journey thing at 602-292-2982 pretty heavy because it is one of the only, I have been told by people in that field, one of the only children's series that actually tells the children the truth about Christ in you and what the battles are about. That's uncommon nowadays. It should be as common as can be. I say let's jump in and get this thing going. Here's our Hebrew word for today. Idol. To give strength, Aleph, and authority, Lemed, to the hand, Yud, that controls Aleph, with a emphasizing mark, Hebrew mark, our lives, nun. So here's what it's going to look like. To give strength and authority to the hand that controls our lives. Not something that hands have made, is what this is addressing. Idol or idolatry is the first word I'm putting before you before we start our identity theft series. This is the strongest, most poignant word that I could find in the Hebrew that gets in the way of revelation. Revival comes from revelation. Revelation is Greek. 
It means to reveal Jesus, Christ. And in the Old Testament, revival would be to reveal the presence of the living God. And idolatry is the first thing that gets in the way that blocks revival. What is the number one book out of the 66 books that is not read by Christians? Book of Revelation. Why? It's all this weird symbols. Now my theologian friends are going to understand exactly what I'm about to say. The non-theologian types that just kind of mess around with truths in their Bible, you, you might get it. But the book of Revelation is written in Hebrew word pictures. It's all pictures. And we call them symbols. And it's a symbolic book. So people don't get it. Oh, I get it. So even though it's written in the Greek, you run Greek through the Hebrew, modern Hebrew, from the modern Hebrew, you keep running it back to pictorial Hebrew, you'll get a very fast snapshot of what it meant. For example, when Jesus said, For I hate the works of Nicholas. You'll get a real fast snapshot of what he was saying. That's the power of pictorial Hebrew. We have a special web page on our website at iomamerica.org and you can order materials that a couple of our buddies have put together on pictorial Hebrew. I'm not that much of an expert on it. It's powerful. It's real. It's alive and it's there waiting for people. It'll give you a richness of truth that maybe you have not had before. So we need a revival that will make heaven and hell, Calvary and and the resurrection, salvation from sin, cleansing through the blood, and the gift of the Holy Spirit. All living realities by the revelation of the Holy Spirit in harmony with the indwelling word and life of Jesus Christ. One of the great mysteries. Listen carefully, listeners. One of the great mysteries. Wasn't until 1300s you had a Bible that you could probably take a journey three days or longer to go find someone who had one of these books. It wasn't until the 60s. Certainly, they say the 20s, 1920s where they had family Bibles. Today, your average Christian Christ follower has a minimum of four translations. We've come a long way, baby. So how in the world did the Word live from ground zero, or even in the Old Testament, to the printing press? This is so simple, it's probably going to bunch up a few people. Jesus says, for I am the Word. And I came to dwell among you, so that you could behold my glory. I am the Word. God said that he was the Word. He gave everything he had to Jesus, so Jesus became the Word. And that Jesus gave everything he was to the Holy Spirit. Of course, this has always been. And then this supernatural mystery that Paul talked about, that God the Father was going to put the Holy Spirit inside these frail human bodies. Guess what that woke you up with the next day, after the day you were truly saved? The living word lives inside you. They can burn your Bibles, and it will not affect your level of hearing God. It's the way they always used to do it. So we have 
the indwelling word and life of Jesus Christ inside of us. doesn't mean that we shouldn't read our Bibles. I would double-check the kind of translation that you read, but the external is to bear witness with the internal person of the word. We need a revival in which the lazy indwelts will be revealed. Their laziness will be revealed. You see, the book of Revelation is simply taking the cover off of the world. That's all it is. God's just reaching over and he's grabbing that blanket of all the deceptions in the entire world, all the satanic things that are, that are coded, covered, and look like little lambs. And he's going to take that blanket off of the entire world and you will see the most demonic things that way beyond the most favorite demonic movie you've ever admired. They, those are nothing compared to what you're really going to see. And that's what's being revealed in the book of Revelation. It's not symbolic. To reveal the laziness of an indwelt is priority one. Or this great revival is never going to happen. Souls will be turned from their laziness to this powerful release inside the indwelt believer. You see, I don't have to worry about sending a true indwelt believer to a training camp or to go get a couple degrees. I'm not interested in encouraging people to go educate Jesus. I have the eternal knowledge of foreverness in my mind. It's called the mind of Christ. I don't need to teach him anything. So Satan has developed this satanic system of trying to devotionalize or educate Jesus. That he has to have a doctorate degree before he could be considered a theologian. Really? I got the theo in here. But I do love to read. So I use the external readings or whatever, or listening to friends or whatever, to bear witness with the eternal word within me. And every indwelt has that, whether you're ten or hundred. I think we're going to see very soon the error of educating Jesus. And if I remember correctly, that's called the tree of knowledge. So there's a balance of having external truth written, bearing witness with internal truth. It's not and or. Because we need each other. We do need to need the Word of God to equip and disciple and grow people and whatever. But what you're doing is tapping into what's already inside them. You're getting this igniting process, this fire. Kindle afresh the gift of God that is in you. That's what Paul said he had to do with Timothy. I need to come lay hands on you to kindle afresh the gift of God that is in you. That means there's times when idolatry gets in there and blocks things up like an artery, gets the flow going again. So it's a balance of the two. We need each other. That each will refuse to find comfort in any thought of using Christ Jesus as a covering for sin, but rather cry out for deliverance from every act of self-effort and for all those who are unsaved Well, that should be an obvious one to most of us. They have to come through Christ first to experience the great revival. Revival is not for the unsaved. It's for the saved. So that the others will want the same thing that we have. 
Jeremiah 29 says, But if I say, I will not remember him or speak any more of his name. Can you imagine that? Then my heart, then in my heart, it becomes like a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I am weary of holding it in. And I cannot endure it. Now, I know that there are thousands of people all over the world that know exactly what this verse means. I don't want to live another day if I have to hold this burning in my bones. I seize every opportunity I can through phone calls, through emails, through internet podcasting, through broadcasting, whatever. Every opportunity I can because there's a fire in my bones. And that fire is Hebrew for spirit. The spirit is in us saying, I want to use you. I want to speak through you. I want to pour myself out through you. Don't suppress me. There's a great price tag, and it's only associated with the Holy Spirit. There are almost every language in the entire world has two very popular swear words. God, I'm going to put a pause in here. Damn it. Damnation. Hmm. And just saying Jesus Christ's name with a tone inflection. Jesus Christ. Then they shortened it. Jesus. It's in movies. It's in conversations. It's everywhere. Why are you picking on those two? But you want to hear something great? You can say those two swear words all day long. God doesn't like it. He doesn't support it. But there's one, one part of the Trinity that you better never mess with. And demons themselves won't mess with it. It's the sword of the Spirit. You see, if anyone blasphemies the Holy Spirit, you are in serious trouble. Be you the Antichrist. Be you a demon. Be you a God-hater. Be you a Jesus lover. It doesn't matter. The Holy Spirit cannot be taken into demonic vein. Why in the world would there be such protection of the Holy Spirit? Why isn't there a swear word or an uttering or something that slams the Holy Spirit? I'll tell you why. The Holy Spirit in the Hebrew has the exact same eight adjectives as woman. No one is supposed to mess with a woman in God's design of marriage. The man is to cover her, protect her, shield her. No man is to get close to her. He is, he is to be this representation of Christ in the church. Oh no, we sell them. You see, the world has gone sick. We do not understand the preservation of what God is going through because that preservation of the Holy Spirit is going to be put inside the bride of His Son. And no one is to mess with her. The reason Christ comes back, listen carefully at 602, the reason that Christ comes back the second time is to beat the living snot out of the enemy for offending His Son's bride. That's what it's about. Why do you think that God told the angel to tell Lot, to tell his wife, 
do not turn around and look upon what the Father is going to do with this city. Because Hebrew law, those of you who understand Hebrew customs know this. A woman is never to see her husband angry and to see him demonstrate revenge. You think that you're going to be riding with a drawn sword with Jesus, slinging away at demons and God-haters to fill that valley with blood up to the bridles of the horses? You got it wrong. God literally handles us like women. We're to be protected, cuddled, spoiled, saved. We are the bride of Jesus Christ. There better be no swear words or utterances against the Holy Spirit. That's practical history in what we call continuation. This revival must be one that will sweep away selfishness and narrow-mindedness and all religious spirits and bring those that now spend their time in criticism of each other Bring all of us to our faces before the Lord crying out, Please, Lord, kindle afresh this gift that you've put in me. Because crying out for the kindling afresh in the true and honorable bride of Christ and for those who have not yet discovered the great exchange becomes a perfect model of why this is so important. We need a revival like a tornado. Just think about a tornado going through a community and it literally wipes out and destroys and flattens, brings it back down to ground zero. That's what has to happen with all the fleshly stuff that is in the world today. This revival needs to be like a tornado. I've stood in front of spiritual leaders that I was very cautious about standing in front of because I understood that they were in connection with the living God. There's something about the, the, the trying to push against that that you know there's a price tag coming if I try to manipulate it, insult it, persecute it, distress it. There's something about, can you imagine pushing against Paul, who was known by the demonic world. Remember when the demon said, for I know Jesus and I know Paul, but who are you? That's a lot of fame. Because of the release of the Spirit that was in Paul. He could take a napkin from his robe and take it to someone who needed healing and they'd be healed. Remember? But I have come to learn to want to stand with those men. And I have. I've stood by some of the most powerful indwelt believers that probably are in this generation. And I'm going, rain on me. But see, that is not the common thinking of men or young men today. They're like, hmm. And they step away and don't have a relationship with them because they don't want to be rained on. They don't want their napkins. There's power in this movement that is already birthed by God. He's gathering together his children to make a stand. Probably a final stand. Here's our scriptures we want you to study this week. Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 33 through 37. This passage is very powerful. We pulled some of the uh, truths out of this earlier, but it is unfolding for us the importance. As we know, most of Ezekiel is prophetic that has to go like a sandwich with the book of Revelation. So does Daniel. The book of Revelation is the meat inside the the hamburger. You have Ezekiel and you have Daniel, that's the buns. It's a full meal deal. 
Way back then, we were being set up with basic seeds of understanding of what is important, what needs to take place for this final revival, this final revelation to get busted loose. I'm looking forward to it. Jesus, you already know that I am going to be very disappointed if I can't at least look through the window of heaven and see you kick the rumpus of the enemy who's been torturing believers all over the world for thousands of years. They stand. They are immovable. They say, cut my throat. They say, burn my body. But I will not deny him for any God. There's a special spot for those martyred saints, is there not? The book of Revelation says there's a special spot underneath the altar of God for them. And they also get a special reward. I want to be one. I want to be one of those that is standing there before my husband and say, I would have gone through anything for you. Said anything for you. And some of you know some of my travel stories, and I have been there. I've been threatened. And it isn't as scary as you think. It isn't. There's something that happens in you. When all those Muslims were gathering around, hundreds of them, and I was standing there preaching, and I did lock up for a little while until God asked me, will you give your life for me today? And I stall out. I see Jane. I see the kids. You know, I st- I'm stalling out here. My interpreter's looking at me like, hello, we're in the middle of a revival here. And I stall out, and then finally I said, Lord, I am willing. And I went into a 10-minute preach, as you local listeners know, that I have no recall of to this day. But when I came out of that 10-minute preach, hundreds of Muslims were on their faces. Haters of God. And what happened after that? It's a private story. But many died that day. That's how I want to be. I want to be one of those indwell believers that says, Send me, Lord. Because the moment it was happening, it was not scary. It was like I could have stepped off that, that, that podium and walked right into eternity. That's all God wants. You willing? You might die today. You might not. That whole story went down in Ugandan history. Because it was a big deal what happened afterwards. All God was after is this. Are you willing? So like, I cannot wait to get to Liberia. I want to go to the jungles. We're getting all of our children. I want to speak to them. Because I know that it works. I know they're one click away from Jesus. Our Jesus. The only Jesus. Revival involves honoring God. Proverbs 3, verses 9 and 10 says, Honor the Lord from your wealth and from the first of your produce. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Now there's a very special mystery here. And this mystery is starts with what you have in your hands. God's watching everything you touch. What you're faithful in and the little things, you will be entrusted to much. And many of you at 602, 292, 2982, you steal from God every day because you will not take everything you touch and make sure 10% is given away somewhere. You're greedy. 
It's the first thing God watches for with the manifestation of filling you up with the power of the Holy Spirit. I say, God, I'm not giving you 10% today. You can have it all. I want to just pour all of what I give every day to you somewhere. Give me another internet, friend. Give me another phone call. Give me another. Please let me just give it all. That doesn't mean that I do, but it is certainly what I want. So revival that will help the people to honor God with their substance. And so have their barns, mines filled with plenty. A revival that will open the windows of heaven, open the mouth. I'm just bringing it into the Greek. Open the mouth of heaven by bringing all of God's ties, God's speech, God's voice, God's words. God doesn't need money, particularly yours. And all these mysteries that Paul referred to that were inside the mind of Christ are stored up in heaven. But he wants to give them away. We need a revival that will fill the saints with overflow of Jesus. That they will rejoice in the opportunity to give their time, money, and if need be, their very lives for the gospel. Not this social gospel. That makes you feel good when you check out your Facebook page tonight. People know me is why I am horrifically offended by Facebook. It is the birthplace. This isn't a historical statement I'm giving you right now. They are the birthplace of the social gospel. Well, they can have it. A revival in which the presence of God will be so revealed that the multitudes will fall under the power of God, cry out with renewal of the inner man, through Christ, of course. A revival that has uh, so much of the indwelling life of Jesus and so much of God's glory in it that the whole world will look at us and go, you know, I don't know what that guy's got, but I want it. 602-292-2982. Text me, call me. I want to show you where it is because it's certainly not Steve Finney. I am a frail, weak, broken cistern. And the only thing that provides this release is God took a third of my triune body, soul, spirit took the spirit part and put a brand new cistern in there that won't leak. Sealed by the Holy Spirit of promise. Thank you, Jesus. I kind of like that. A revival that shouts victory. The final revival must be one that will gloriously defeat the powers of darkness and hell. And make earth and heaven ring with the shouts of victory over the multitude of souls that have literally been snatched from darkness for and from eternal burnings for the kingdom of God. Now I know that when it comes to the salvation numeric possibilities that 90% of everyone who was born will go to hell. And 10%. The Hebrews are so strict on numeric coding that the 10% tithing is literal for them. Well, I believe that comes from heaven. I'm not saying I'm absolutely right here, but I do believe I am. Understanding Hebrew customs and Hebrew language, that in the end, when it's all said and done, that the road to Hell is wide and many are on it. And the road to heaven is narrow and few are on it. I have a feeling, an unction, 
that the many is 90% and the, ten, and the few is 10% if God keeps to his Hebrew numeric coding. So tithing becomes a supernatural revelation. More than we realize. Broken cisterns, of course I was just speaking of that. May this revival be one of our heart cries out to God for such a revival that we are ready to watch and and toil and pray. For such a revival we believe the Blessed Holy Spirit is uh, interceding in not just the hearts of people who truly get this, but I actually believe the Holy Spirit is actually preparing the hearts of indwelt believers who are lazy. Just because you're not fired up, revived, or revved up in the Spirit doesn't mean you're not indwelt. You can be a lazy indwelt. But it also could be evidence you're not saved. That's between you and God. But for this kind of revival, he must recruit his people to do their part, our part, in getting the accurate truth out there. Here's our identity matter statement for today, folks. May God grant this final revival. Now, not for our own sake, but for the sake, the namesake of our Holy Father, our Holy Husband, and the Holy, Holy Spirit. It's for their sake, not us. And that's an amen for me, as my African friends say. Amene. It's a confirmation of amen. Identity matter statement is plain and simple. If Christ is not living inside you, he needs to. If he is living inside you and you're just kind of lazy, lethargic, going through your non-existent life, getting caught up in your job, or your spouse or your kids or whoever else, your day is coming. You see, now you have to listen to certain preachers and go, I wonder if what he's saying is the truth. That's an emergent mind. But you see, I, I can have a young man speak truth to me and instantly go, Aaron gets it. Or maybe he is actually being used by God to minister to me, and he's saying something to me, and I go, I get it, Lord. I'm listening. You don't need a doctorate degree. You don't need a master's degree. If you have the master. Learn how to release the Holy Spirit within you. And you won't question teachers. False teachers will stand out to you like a dark room. I know there's some people listening right now. I'm sorry you're going to have to sit through this, local people. I'm sorry you're going to have to listen to a prayer you probably already prayed. But you know what? We've got listeners that have never heard what I'm about to pray. And if you are listening, no matter what country you're in, I want you to contact us. My email is drfinney, D-R-P-H-I-N-N-E-Y, at I-O-M. America.org. Email me your story. Tell me that you prayed this prayer. Me and my friends, or whoever I can get a hold of that's got solid, good discipleship material to get you begin to have that igniting experience in you, to get you a good translation, we'll get you, we'll get you going. Or you can text me or call me at 602-292-2982 if you prayed. This prayer I am about to pray for you. Father, I pray that those who are willing to pray with me right now, 
those who you have convicted to pray the salvation prayer. I pray, Father God, that they may stop right now, open up the PDF, and maybe even read the prayer that is there. So, Father, as I pray these words, and there are people who do want to be, know that they're being led to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and make the greatest exchange in their life. I pray it that they will pray with me. Father, I confess right now that I am a sinner. I confess that I am separated from you. I confess that I am an enemy of Jesus Christ. I confess that I am selfish. I confess that I'm trying to be my own God. I confess every sin that is before me, within me, and me being a result of the original sin. I believe that I was born as a human into sin. I believe that I grew up in sin. And I believe that I need to be transferred, translated, and moved out of that sinful condition. So therefore, I choose this day, Jesus Christ, to enter my soul, to possess me through the Holy Spirit, to fill me up with the very life of Christ. And I pray that would be done right now as we are praying. And I thank you for coming into my life and filling my life and becoming my life. I thank you for the power of the cross that my sin has been dealt with. I'm no longer under the power of sin, but I'm under the power of the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Jesus Christ, for saving me. And it is in your name that we pray. Amen. For those of you who have prayed this prayer, you need to know something. You are a child of the living God. You're the bride of Jesus Christ. You are free from condemnation. You are a joint heir with Jesus Christ himself. You're a saint. You're no longer a sinner. You're completed, and you are completely accepted by Him. You are a possessor of the mind of Christ. You're a brand new creation, and a brand new creature. And you are the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You are blessed with every spiritual blessing. You are adopted as a child of God. And you are a citizen of heaven right now you are holy blameless beyond and above reproach you're complete and perfect in Christ you're alive and forgiven of all of your sins all of your sins your identity is no longer in who you were but it is now in who you are in Christ Jesus and Christ lives in you in your mortal body now as your soul passes from this earth your spirit who is Christ Jesus will go into eternity forever your body will lay in the grave and will not go with you Galatians 2.20 says for I have been crucified with Christ find a local church that teaches the identity truths in Christ and you know if you can't find one, we'll help you. We are connected to ministries all over the world that teach, disciple, and lead believers in who they are in Christ. And even if that doesn't work, we will make sure that you get teachings online to begin that discipleship process. So please contact us. So what now? If you are an indwelt, it may be time to decide not to be lazy anymore. If you are indwelt, we are encouraging you to join our campaign, which is now over 2,000 ministries strong.
We have thousands and thousands and thousands of people that are beginning to take action on this revival campaign now. Come over our website or any other identity website that teaches who you are in Christ. Most of them have unbelievable resources available. That's where I get most of mine. They're available. We have over 700 podcasts alone that teach on identity. Inspirational videos and, and identity articles and on and on and on. There's materials available to begin to grow you in who you are in Christ. So we thank you for joining us and we thank you for sticking with us as we've gone through this Revival Now series. Again, starting next week, we're going to start our Identity Theft series. I am very, very excited about it. This resource has been presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. For more information about our ministries, visit us online at iomamerica.org. That's iomamerica.org.